So I want you to finish this sentence for me. The shortest distance between two points is what? All your maths teachers will be very pleased with you. The shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Except when it comes to God's work in our lives. Do you think? It seems when God's plan, then the shortest point between two places is a zigzag. He seems to take us in all sorts of directions. For instance, imagine you're just out of university with a degree in business and management. You've been hired by a strategic firm and you think, this is God's plan on my life. Here I am at the bottom. This is a firm that is strategically placed and influential. And I can make a difference. I want to be up here. Up here happens to be the top floor corner office. And that office has a lot of influence. And so you plan. You work hard and you want to be, uh, you'll be noticed and you'll be selected to go on strategic teams and you'll come under budget and you'll make initiatives and you'll be noticed and then you'll be there. But a few years later you find yourself in a cubicle to the side and as this immediate boss is thrilled with the work you do, you just feel your career stalled and you think, well God, is this, is this your plan? Imagine you're you're a young mum and you're holding this new precious daughter in your arms and your point A is at the beginning of parenthood and your point B is seeing this young baby grow into a woman of God that just, uh, you know, honours the living God. And so you plan with your husband and, you know, you'll be taking her to church and any of the other children and you'll be involved and helping out at kids' church and you'll, you'll coach the netball team and that's your point B. And everything goes well for a few years until you hit those teenage years. And then one of your teenagers is doing really well in sport. Hard to come to church on a Sunday. Another one has a part-time job and suddenly becomes really hard to come to church on a Sunday. And another teenager, well, starts to back chat and uh, grades fall and... It's just a struggle, and you're pouring, pouring your head out. And you had um, point A and point B, and you had a short distance before it, but you seem to have been zigzagged all over the place, and you're wondering whether you're in God's plan or whether you ever reach your dream. Does this sound familiar to you? <laughs> uh, I can tell by a few nodding of heads that, yes, that is our experience. Many of us have a point B, where we want to get to a dream. And we think it's, you know, we're sure it's from God. But we find ourselves on a bit of a dead end or in a sidetrack or zigzagging in a way that we never thought. And we start to wonder whether this is God's will and whether we're off track. Has the dream died? Well, if this is your experience, then God has a word of encouragement for you from his word. You see, God's path between A and B is really a straight line for us. The shortest distance for two points for God is often a zigzag. And so today we're going to do three things. We're going to look at God's intention and see actually that in the main God does this. It's not an exception. The second thing we're going to look at is why does God zigzag our lives all over the place? And out of this comes a question. This will be our third point. How do we know we're on God's true path? Because sometimes we do drift away, we turn away, we walk away from God and so our circumstances are a bit grim and that's because that's God calling us back. So how do we know when we feel sidetracked whether we're still in God's plan or whether we've 
fallen away. So those are the three things we'll look at. God's intention, God's purpose, God's true path. And so I'm going to prove to you, affirm to you, that God's straight line is a zigzag, and I'm going to do that by looking at two biblical characters. Joseph, who got God's people into Egypt, and then Moses, who is getting God's people out of Egypt. So a few hundred years before our passage here in Exodus, Joseph was a teenager. He was 17 year old and he was happy being a shepherd with the family farm until he was kidnapped. Now that wasn't in his plan. Kidnapped and taken off to Egypt as a slave. It's a bit of a zig and a zag. Now as a slave he rose to prominence, which is great until he was falsely accused and thrown into jail. Zigzag. And then a very important person promised to free him and then forgot about him. And he languished in prison and wondered whether he was in God's will or not. Until miraculously he was made prime minister, ruler second only to Pharaoh. And because his family was suffering from famine in the promised land in Israel, he was able to save his family and bring them into Egypt. But it was a zigzag, zigzag all the way, never a straight line for Joseph. And Moses, so now in the present context of where we are in Scripture, the Israelites had become slaves. And Moses was included. And Pharaoh ordered that all the newborn baby boys, Israel baby boys, be murdered, thrown into the Nile. Zigzag. Moses is only a few days old or a few months old, and he's in. He's fine. He's in the River Nile. He'll perish until Pharaoh's daughter rescues him. Pharaoh's daughter needs someone to nurse this baby, and not knowing who she's asking, she ends up asking Moses's mother to care for him as a baby. Zigzag. It's going all over the place with Moses. He has risen up. He grows up as a prince of Egypt till he murders the slave driver and has to flee for his life. And then 40 years he's a shepherd in the wilderness, wondering why is God zigzagging his life all over the place? Wasn't he destined to rescue the people of Israel? But then there's the burning bush, the call back to Egypt, the miracles, and then the escape from Egypt. But even then, God is still zigzagging his people. And so this is what we're going to see in our scripture passage. So... Pharaoh has thrown the Israelites out and they're just about to make their way to the promised land to start where they're going and we read this. This is in Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And then they camped, and then they moved from Succoth, and they camped at another place, Etham, on the edge of the wilderness. And then in chapter 14, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to turn back, turn back to Egypt, and encamp in front of Pi-Hiroth between Migdol and the sea in front of Baal Zephon, and you shall encamp facing it by the sea. And so uh, in this map you see point A is Egypt, where the Israelites are, and then you'll see point B 
which is the promised land, Israel. And the shortest distance between Egypt and Israel is by way of the sea. Now, by way of the sea was a highway. It was a highway connecting Egypt with what is modern-day Iran and Iraq, and it happens to go past the promised land. It was a major road in those days, and the main way that you would have you'd travel between these two major empires. Now, that's the shortest distance, but instead we see in the Bible that God has them zigzagging in the opposite direction. Around the bounds, he even has them turning back towards Egypt. And so we can see how common it is for God to lead our lives zigzagging. Joseph, Moses, and now we have the whole people of Israel are not going with the shortest distance from A to B. And this brings us to the question of why. Why does God do this? What's his purpose? Well, in the text today, we'll see two reasons why God zigzags our life from one place to another. You may have picked that up in verse 17. God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines. That's the shortest distance, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. You see, the way of the sea was the obvious route for Israel to take. It was also easy for Pharaoh's chariots to chase the Israelites who were on foot and troops. And not only that, the way of the sea was heavily garrisoned by Egyptian troops. You see, if you wanted to invade Egypt, you couldn't come through the desert. You had to come through the way of the sea. And so Egypt, the Egyptians knew this, so it was heavily garrisoned. Now remember that Israelites are a nation of slaves with no experience in war. So if they were to go to the way of the sea, they would have Egyptian soldiers in front of them, Pharaoh's army behind them, and they were totally unprepared for warfare. So God knew that they would be discouraged, even defeated, if they took the shortest possible route between point A and point B. So God's plan to zigzag them is so they won't be discouraged or defeated. And it's the same for us. Sometimes when we think, well, I'm here, I want to be there, and this is my plan, and we find ourselves sidetracked, it's because if we do take the shortest route, it's the route of discouragement and defeat. Now, we often can't see that. We just get frustrated because we're a bit on a sideline. But God has plans for us, and we see this in, in Jeremiah uh, 29, 11. God is saying, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. Now, we think those plans are point A, point B, shortest distance. But that's not God's plans. His plans are to prosper us, to bless us, to give us a future and a hope, and that means avoiding discouragement and defeat. So that's the first reason why God leads us, Joseph, Moses, God's people, in a zigzag to get to point B. Uh, There's a second reason as well, a second reason which we see the beginning of chapter 14. We see this in verse 3. Now remember, God has just asked the Israelites actually to head back towards Egypt. They're not going to reach Egypt, they're just going to head in that direction. And why would they do that? Well, God said this, verse 3 of chapter 14, For Pharaoh was sally of the people of Israel, 
They are wandering in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his host. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And so they did. So the Israelites headed back towards Egypt. So you see what God's doing here. He wants the Egyptians and his people to see his glory as he brings a mighty victory and so that they may know that he is God, that they may know in their head and their heart and their experience that the God they serve is a powerful God that can defeat their enemies. They would never have found that out if they had gone from point A to point B in the shortest possible distance. It's in the zigzags in life when we lean into God that he shows us how wonderful he is. That is, we're wondering whether we're on the right track and we lean into him, he shows us his glory. We learn more about God when we feel that we are sidetracked than when we're going the easy path, the straight path. It's while we are off route that God shows us that he is God. And so when our career is sidelined or parenting is beyond us or or like Joseph, we're languishing in prison or like Moses, 40 years in the wilderness, it's then that God wants us to press into him so that we can see his glory and so that we can know that he is God. And this brings us to our final question, our final what we want to look at, God's true path. This is a key question, is how do we know? How do we know when we are languishing on the sides whether we are still in God's will or not? How did Joseph know when he was in prison whether he was in God's will or whether God was punishing him for his sin? Same with Moses when he was four years in the wilderness. How did he know that God hadn't just pushed him aside and had no plans for him? How did the young man who was uh, shunted aside in his career or the, the, the mum who was struggling with parenting, how, how do they know that they're still in God's zigzagging path or whether they have turned their back on God? They're out of favour. Well, take great encouragement because Jesus asked the same question on the way to the cross. Now, Jesus' ministry was one big zigzag. I mean, listen... Jesus is born in a manger. He is going to reign on his throne. What's the shortest distance from being born to reigning? Well, it's easy. Jesus gets born in a palace, grows up as a prince, conquers the Romans, becomes king. That's the shortest distance for Jesus to go from his birth to be the king of kings. Is that the distance, is that the route that God took him? Well, no. (laughs) He went via the cross zigzag all the way through until he made it to the cross. And that's how he got to the throne. And so it's the night he's betrayed and he's broken bread for the last time with his friends, with his disciples. He makes his way out in the darkness to the Garden of Gethsemane and there, well, he struggles. Three times he asks God, basically he asks God, am I on the right track? Have I zigzagged out of your will? Lord, I don't want to die tomorrow. Father, I don't want to face the cross tomorrow, but I will if you want me. And so three times Jesus prayed that prayer and three times God said to his son, you are on the right path. And so Jesus rose from the garden, 
No doubts in his mind whatsoever. He was on the right path. And though he's zigzagging his way to the throne, he will go via the cross. That's why Hebrews 12, 2 puts it like this. Jesus, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He could have gone straight from the manger to being a, a, a prince of a palace to a conqueror of the Romans to setting up his throne, but he chose to follow his father, which was by way of the cross. And he did this by looking to his heavenly father. That's how he knew that he had not wandered off the path. He looked to his heavenly father. As a young teenager, he was 12 or 13, he was separated from his parents in the city of Jerusalem, big city. And uh, and three days he was lost, or so his parents thought, until he was found in the temple. And he was puzzled. Why didn't Joseph and Mary know that he would be where his father was, in the temple? See, Jesus was always looking to his heavenly father, from the temple to the garden to the cross. And that's how Jesus knew that he was on the right path, that no matter what zigzagging his ministries took him, no matter that he ended up looking to his heavenly father, that he was in his father's will because he was always looking to his heavenly father. And that's what Hebrews 12, uh, 2 says. I missed out the first half of that verse. The full verse reads this. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. In the same way that Jesus always had his eyes fixed on his heavenly Father, and that's why he knew that in all the zigzagging, he was in his Father's will. It's the same with us. As we fix our eyes on Jesus, then even if our career is sidelined, even if parenting just it's just all a mess, even if we're like Joseph languishing in prison or Moses in the wilderness, if we've got our eyes fixed on Jesus, then we know that we have not drifted away from God, turned away from God or walked away with him. This is how we know that in the zigzags of life, we're on the right track. But some of us here are not fixing our eyes on Jesus. There's a couple of reasons for this. Maybe there's some here that have never fixed their eyes on Jesus. They've never asked Christ to be the Lord of their life. They're not a Christ follower. Well, today, God can come into your life if you fix your eyes on Jesus. Today, Jesus invites you to follow him on the adventure that will see you zigzagging to the ultimate prize. Like Joseph, like Moses, you can enter, enter the adventure of following Jesus and you'll, <laughs> you will not know where you will end up. Uh, but it's great and it's wonderful. You, today you can start that journey. Some of us are not fixing our eyes on Jesus because we used to, but we have turned our glance away. It's very easy uh, as Christians. Uh, Satan's all the time tempting us. Uh, the world is pulling us away. Our own, uh, ins- the inside of us, our own heart at times is drawing us away. And, and so our focus might have slipped off Jesus and it's on a relationship or our career or our sport. It uh, might be on something destructive, an addiction, a lifestyle that is away from God. But we've taken our eyes off Jesus Today he's inviting you back to the Father heart of God. 
It's amazing how no matter how far we stray, that in God's eyes we are like that precious sheep. And even though he's got a hundred in the fold, when one strays, then the good shepherd will follow you no matter how lost you are. And today the good shepherd is inviting you back to the Father heart of God where you will fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. And as you do, you will restart, reboot the adventure that brings wholeness, healing and joy beyond measure. There's a third group here as well. So there's those that don't know Jesus yet. Those that know Jesus but are strayed and God is calling you back to his Father heart. But there are others who are looking to Jesus but you're really wondering where God is in your life. You know, there's, you're zigging and zagging and you're not sure exactly what God wants you to be. And so to those whose careers may have stalled or parenting and you're at your wit's end or wherever you are in your walk but you feel that you've zigzagged off his path, then there's this reminder. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. It's in those difficult times as you fix your eyes on Jesus that he will show you his heavenly Father, his glory, and that you may know him with your head, your heart and experience. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of our heavenly Father. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, sometimes it is so frustrating when you zigzag our lives around. And uh, But Lord, today we want to say thank you. Thank you that even though our lives look like Joseph or Moses and are all over the place, we want to thank you that you are with us, you have a plan, and it's a plan to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a future and a hope. Help us, Lord, to fix our eyes on Jesus who authors and perfects our faith so that we may know that we haven't drifted away, we know we haven't turned away or walked away, but that we are solidly in your arms as a loving Father. Take each one of our lives, Lord, and use us for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.